Xgrowth has helped B2B tech companies design campaigns that open doors in their strategic target accounts, roll out targeted ABM programs, scale ABM programs, and select the right tool and tech stack for a successful ABM initiative. These are all things Xgrowth has helped their clients with. If you're interested to learn how Xgrowth can help your firm's ABM program, check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about the yeses and nos to achieving those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth. And today I'm talking to David Schlossberg, business advisor at Ferguson Alliance, about how to start building your sales team at your organization. We're going to talk about foundations. We're going to talk about systems, KPIs, and a lot more. I'm super excited for this topic, especially because this is an area that a lot of founders would have a challenging time with, especially if they're coming from a technical background. So, Let's dive in. David, thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Shaheen. I'm really glad to be here. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I, I, was, just, I was just saying I'm super excited about this topic uh, to you before we start recording. And I think a good starting point to talk about this, you know, building the sales function within an organization is, is the foundations. And I'd love to know what are the foundational pieces that founders should put in place before going out there and hiring a salesperson. Because I feel like sometimes people are like, hey, sales, sure thing. I'll just get a salesperson and put them in the role and you're good to go, right? But we know that that's not the case. And I'd love to know, like, what are the foundations? What are the bits and pieces that they need to put in place before they go and start looking and hiring someone? Right, right. And actually, you know, you make you you kind of uh, tongue in cheek say, you know, just throw someone in there and let tell them to go for it. But un, you know, unfortunately, that has been the case in the past, uh, all t- all too often. And uh, sometimes, with luck, it works out, and other times it doesn't. And so, I think the you know to really, like you said, to think about foundationally, how do you start? Or where do you start as a founder? I think first thing you need to do as a founder, because you're the person that's been the, the face of your business. You're, you're the customers know you as the face of the business and you know your product or service. And so no one knows it better than you, the founder. So what you should do is take a step back and think about step-by-step, step, what is the process that you go through to sell or market your product or service and actually write it down step by step that so that you could actually show someone you know that you bring, uh, potentially bring on in the future you know, this is this is the process from the point of contact with a potential client or lead to the close everything that that i do in from clo- from initial engagement to to closing so really 
narrowing it down and, and getting it crystal clear as, as, as much as you can so that you could literally show that to someone as a, as a reference tool or sort of a, a, a Bible, if you will, to, to live by in terms of how they approach sales in your, for your organization. That's number one. Number two is thinking about your customers and what is their profile. What is the profile of your customers? What are their needs? How do they, uh, what market space do they operate in? And is and have that in mind when you're looking for candidates to come on board as a sales representative. Are, are those folks going to be aligned with the type of business and type of customer that you're servicing? Uh, because if they're not aligned, it's not going to work. And the same thing holds true for you and your own business and your own vision for the company and where you want to go and your aspirations. You have to ask yourself when you're interviewing or, or, or recruiting for a salesperson is, looking for a profile that is aligned with your vision and values of, of your business and how you serve your customers. So it's basically three things. One is getting the process down. Two is understanding who your customer is. And three is articulating your vision for your business. And are those three, three things aligned with the profile or how to build a profile based on those three things when, when looking for someone in sales to come on and, and join you in your business? Got it. Got it. Very interesting. Do, do you find especially around that documentation, what's your experience been? Do you find that like a lot of founders might have difficulty with that? What are some of the mistakes that, that founders might make when they're like, okay, I'm going to start documenting? What, have you seen any mistakes on that front? I wouldn't say mistakes. The biggest challenge is for them to actually set aside the time to do that because they're so busy and they're spread so yeah. thin. So oftentimes it comes down to the coach or advisor working with that individual to help them do a workshop, if you will, with their with their team and talk about talk through what does our sales process look like? Because, uh, you know, they're depending on the size of the organization. I like to s sit down with the founder and members of his team that are involved in the, the other functions of the business that all touch sales. So pr if it's production or operations, marketing and talk through literally uh, Matt on a, you know, on a whiteboard right out step by step how you handle a sales order. How do you, what is the customer experience uh, from start to finish with your business step by step? And that way you're getting input from the founder and those that work with the founder to really articulate what is the process. Because he may have it in his head that things operate a certain way when in, in reality, when you talk to the team, they're like, oh, well, you know, that doesn't work that way. And actually, this is how it works. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Actually, I have to, I have to, you give me that information and I painstakingly have to do this task that you are right. oblivious exactly. to. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about hiring. So what, what should the approach be to hiring in, uh, in the early days? First of all, when you're hiring salespeople, you have to be aware that they're very good at selling themselves. So the tendency is, is to, to, or, or I would say the default is the, Hire people that are very much like you, that you like and enjoy and you can have a chemistry with. But that isn't always necessarily the, the best way to approach hiring. It's more about actually doing some, and it's, it's becoming more and more popular now, is, is doing some assessments, skills assessments, and also personality assessments to really get a good picture or view or understanding of, is this salesperson actually a good fit? Good fit for the organization and our culture and a good fit for our clients or our customers. You, you can get only so far in an interview and asking questions, but it's really to truly under, to get a true picture of you into the actual what motivates an individual and how are they to 
what are their personality behavioral traits like and how do they inter- how do they interact and communicate with with the people around them and those are key things that are really hard to ascertain in a in a formal interview but if you are able to deploy or employ some assessment tools you can learn a lot about an individual and i i strongly recommend that those assessment tools be part of the hiring process interesting interesting and I mean, I know it's interesting that you say that, and there are tons of assessment tools out there. Do you have any right. recommendations in terms of what to use? Because I feel like there is just like everybody comes up with an assessment, and you're like, is this is this going to really tell me what I need to know? Do you have do you have some go to um, assessments that you think are are really good? Well, the ones the one that I use is that I feel is is um, not you know is it's a great tool for a quick assessment that isn't too involved and, and too detailed. It's a, it's called the disc assessment yeah. and it's pretty popular and some, you know, a lot of companies use it and there's a, there are others, but that's the one, that's the one that we use and find it very effective. But that, you know, that's not the only thing that you want to look at. You also want to look at work history and obviously check references. And if you can, in particular, if they have a reference of former clients that they sold to or, or business or accounts that they managed, if you can get those kind of references, those are worth their weight in gold. So in addition to a personality assessment, you know, looking at their references, talking to people that they've worked with or clients that they've managed or serviced, that's really going to give you a good, I think, a well-rounded picture of how this individual is going to be or whether or not this individual is going to be a good fit for, for you and more importantly, for your customers. Got it. Got it. Okay. David, let's talk systems. What do the existing team or the founder of the company, what are some of the systems they need to put in place to guarantee the success of this transition, the success of bringing a salesperson on board and and setting them up for success? So that's always a huge opportunity for Small businesses, especially family businesses or, you know, where you have a founder who's been running the show and kind of developing systems and processes as on the fly, if you will. In my experience, I've, where I've come into a company that's at that stage, uh, the systems that they're using are not robust enough to support growth and especially accelerated growth. So you have to paint a picture for the founder to say this is you're going to need to invest in a good sales and order processing system that's linked to a, an ERP system. So a good general ERP system that uh, provides a very user-friendly order, sales and order processing, processing system as a tool, in addition to a robust CRM that can be either part of that enterprise uh, ERP system or can be bolted onto that ERP system. So it's, it's two things. It's getting your the business side of your uh, business systematized with a good with a good software or a good platform, and also having a good CRM platform that will sync with your your business system or your financial system. And oftentimes the founders will balk at the cost of something like that because it, they're not cheap and they take time, and they also are, can be painful to implement because it requires taking a deep look into how you you know to your own workflows and work streams in a very detailed manner. To look for ways to really look for before you actually approach a so- software or a software tool, uh, and in you know ask for bids to to in order to determine what tool you want to get first, you want to really have your processes nailed down 
before you acquire a new system. And oftentimes that's where companies stumble is they look for, they get recommendations for the, you know, the shiny new car on the shelf and will purchase a new CRM um, platform and end up having to change their own processes to adapt to that CRM tool. And I think it's that's sort of the ba- a backwards way to do it. You want to have your processes really fine-tuned and identify where your gaps are and address those gaps before you approach a company to talk about proposals for a CRM platform. Because you want to be able to tell them, this is, this is how we do it. You guys need to adapt your system to support. You need to adapt your tool to support our process. Right. Right. Okay. And and David, so that that's an important piece, of course, to to get the software and the systems in place. What about when when you're looking at hiring a salesperson, or you're thinking about hiring a salesperson, are are you thinking that they would be doing their own hunting? Are they more like an account manager? Is that a factor that uh, comes into play when you're when you're thinking about the hiring process and who to bring on board? Oh, absolutely. And it all it all depends on the type of business you have, uh, what kind of products or services you offer, and the, the sales cycle. That, what is the sales cycle for your business? Is it a short-term transactional sale of a product uh, where it's, you've got repeat business with multiple customers? That's one environment. Another is where it's a, a lo- we call a long-tail sale, where it's more of a, a consultative selling, where it takes the sales process and the timeline is could be months or even a year. That's a different type of selling. So it depends on the you know your product or service that you're selling and what is this, what are the sales cycles will I think drive what kind of behavior that you're you're looking for from a salesperson. So uh, and the type of tool that you need to support that salesperson. So it's it, it's it's all I mean uh, to break it down though it's all about building a pipeline of opportunities whether it's selling something product uh, and it's repeat business, you still want to have that pipeline of opportunities that you're constantly filling the funnel with. And that's what's really where you're going to be measuring the progress of your salespeople is looking at the, you know, the number of opportunities that are coming into the funnel, the close rate, um, you know, what, uh, what is the, what kind of data are you able to get from that pipeline in terms of being able to forecast your sales into the future, those sorts of things. So you're really relying on that salesperson to be focused on what we call filling the funnel. And if it's a, again, if it's a transactional business, there's going to be a lot more leads going into the funnel. If it's small, you know, smaller, smaller rings, more turnover, obviously, but if it's big projects that require a long period of time, you want to have, again, you want to have as much, many opportunities as you can uh, go into that funnel and then be able to be able to evaluate those opportunities and also develop stages stages in the opportunities if those are opportunities that take a long time to actually get to a close. Got it, got it. And I mean that that touches really nicely with the KPI com- conversation that I want to have with you and, and the question around that. But but before before I bring that up, what are your thoughts on these hybrid models? So so especially for when it comes to outbound is in reaching out and kind of creating new opportunities, cold accounts. There is uh, the model of like, hey, we have an SDR or or someone who's responsible for prospecting and reaching out to people. And then they are booking meetings for a more senior salesperson to kind of close it versus there, you know, there, there's the other model that you got one sale, senior salesperson that they got to create their own opportunities and kind of close it and 
all that stuff. What are your thoughts about those two models? Well, I think they both have, uh, they're both valid models and I think they, they both work um, for the, for, for the individual sales person that's kind of doing the, doing the lead generation and closing the deals. Those tend to, I see those more as uh, senior salespeople or key account salespeople that are developing relationships with their customers and uh, looking for opportunities to maximize their business with those existing customers. Um, but also having a percentage of their time focused on prospecting and, and developing new leads. And that can be supported with a robust marketing strategy where you have the marketing side of the business is doing a lot of that work for you in generating leads and opportunities. And th- those, those can be very effective in helping a salesperson, again, find new leads to add to, to qualify and, and add to the funnel. Uh, versus the other model where you've got you've got an inside sales team that's uh, basically just looking for looking for leads and looking for w- ways to you know increase those opportunities in the pipeline. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so I mean we we touched on this a little bit, David, and you talked about kind of KPIs like opportunities and revenue and 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 so on and so forth. But what I would love to also d- dive a little bit deeper and, and see if there's if there's anything else there where Okay, I'm, I'm bringing a new salesperson on board. What are some of those performance measurement KPIs that I need to put in place, both short-term, uh, medium-term, and long-term? What, what comes to mind on that front? Well, as I, I started to mention, I think the, the number one thing that comes to my mind is how is that, how is that customer, what has that customer experience been for, for your customer with that sales rep? And so it's a matter, it's a, and you can, Simply do a baseline survey at the beginning of the year and, and ask for feedback from your customer and use that as a baseline to measure, measure performance over the period of a year when you go back and ask them again those same questions and can see if there's any movement of the needle in a, in a positive direction. And then your, your, your basic uh, KPIs that I think everyone looks at are, are pretty much the same across all, all businesses, and that's your, your typical... Um, your conversion rate of your leads to close, the, uh, the in per- percent increase in sales, obviously profitability of those sales. So those kinds of things are fundamental in, in sales to, to look at for KPIs. But I think uh, you're making sure that you're, you're giving that customer the experience that you want them to have as, a, as an owner or as a, as a leader to make sure that there's a good match between the the salesperson and his book of business. Right. Would you do that with closed one? Would you do that with um, closed loss? You do that across the board. How would you kind of get that feedback and who would you specifically go out to get that feedback from? You know, I'm thinking in terms of someone that's managing a a key account. So a very, one of your larger accounts and it's, it goes, it goes up and down through the, uh, the, the organization from the very top of the organization from, of the customer to the individual that is the point of contact for your salesperson and getting them to give feedback on how's the company doing and servicing their needs and meeting their needs as a, as a customer. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, going through the process, and you've touched on this to a certain degree in our conversation, but going through the process, what are some of the mistakes you've seen people make that are definitely avoidable? Well, founders or whoever it is that, 
that they're trying to build that sales organization inside of their company. What are some of the mistakes that you've seen people make? Well, in terms of process or in terms of the, the actual oh, sales let, let's let's look at a holistic perspective. Like if, if somebody talks about, hey, what are the what are the top mistakes I should avoid? What are the things that comes to your mind that uh, that are key and you see quite often? The one that always comes top of mind is the, the failure to be present. And what I mean by that is when you're having when you're having a meeting or a call or a presentation with your customer. Uh, are you listening and are you asking questions? And oftentimes what, I, what I've observed with new salespeople or even veteran salespeople, that they often are not, they're doing more talking than they are listening or they're distracted and not really present. So not doing, you know, really, I would say productive listening where they're actually engaged and asking questions. Because how, how do you learn about new opportunities if you don't ask your customer, what do they need? Or what are they? What are they, what keeps them up at night? What are they worried about? If all you're doing is talking about your spiel or what you're trying to sell or how great you are, you, that doesn't do you any good. Plus, it also turns off your customer. You you know you you lose credibility and you lose trust. So it's really important to establish trust with your customer by having a humble approach to the sell to the sale and listening and asking questions. And I, that's probably what I see new people or even veterans often fail at. Got it. Got it. I know it all. I've heard it all. So let me just, you know, I've asked some generic questions. Let me just get to the pitch. Yep. Okay. Right. This is this has been great. Now, I have some rapid fire questions that I want to ask you, David. But before we kind of get into that, is there is there anything else that you think we, we haven't touched on that we should, we should uh, explore when it comes to, again, building that sales team in an organization and, and, and the, the foundations, the system, the KPIs? I think that really... From a high level in general, I think it's really important for the, for the founder of the company, of the business, to clearly articulate what, is his, what are his aspirations for the company, what are his, what's his vision for growth, and where does, he want, where does he see the company in five years, he or she, I should say. And that's, that becomes the, the vision and the mission by which the sales leader or the sales team has to take that vision and convert that into an action plan or a sales plan on how are we going to generate the sales to support that vision of where this this owner and where, and where the company wants to go got it yeah that is very very important and easier said than done it's it's a, yes. it's a tough exercise to do exactly have you read the state of abm and apac report yet if you have, you'll know that 59% of marketing leaders are intending to increase their ABM investment in the coming year. Even bigger news is 0% of survey respondents are going to decrease their investment. It's an exciting time for ABM in the region. Discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC today. Download the full report at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. All right, let's do some rapid fire questions, David. The first question I want to ask you is what is what is one resource? It could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk, whatever it is that has had a profound impact on the way that you that you work or you live. Yeah, so a few years ago, I actually did some work with a consultant who I found very influential in, in terms of how to develop and implement a CR, CRM process 
uh, not the not the tool, but the CRM process. So getting getting an existing sales force that's hasn't used a CRM. So very your very old school kind of sales force to adopt a tool like a CRM. And he's uh, his name is Barton Goldenberg, and his uh, his company is ISM. And his his approach to the implementation of a CRM for an existing company or an existing sales force really was I found very helpful, and it's really changed my whole out, whole outlook on how I approach coaching others to look at sales process and think about types of tools that are out there to support the different sales processes. Love it. Question number two: If you could give one piece of advice to B two B salespeople, what would it be? Listen to your customers. That's the biggest, the number one source of where your opportunities are. Talk to them, ask probing questions. They'll tell you what they need. And that's where your new opportunities come from. So listen to your customers, get close to your customers. Got it. Question number three, are there any influencers that you follow in the, in the kind of sales space that, uh, that you think is, it's worth, worth sharing here? Not necessarily in the sales space. I, my career has been in technical sales in the field of agriculture and horticulture. And so what I, what I find most interesting and stimulating for ideas and opportunities is looking at, uh, really looking at high tech and the innovation they're bringing to uh, automation and robotics in the world of agriculture. And so it's, uh, it's really cool stuff. It's really the trend of the future for, for agriculture in our country and in the world. So I, I find that uh, that really sets the, if you want to see where the trends are going and how things are going to be, how the business is going to be approached in the future, just the, looking at technology and how it's being applied to the, the field that I specialize in. Got it. All right. And then last question that I got, Dave, David, is um, what's, what's something that excites you about? I mean, you are in the B2B space. You do, do a lot of consulting in the B2B space. What is something that, that excites you about B2B today? Oh, it's, it's got to be the technology for communicating and the different platforms that are available now for communication in, in doing business. You know, when I, I'm an old guy, so when I, I've seen a lot of change and it's all been good change. Well, most of it's been good change. But I think about my early days in sales when there were no cell phones, uh, there were no computers. You had an order pad, all right, and you had a pocket full of quarters. You're heading down the highway and you need to make a you need to call the office, you pull over to find a phone booth because you got an order and you call your order in, all right? So today, the ability <laughs> and the speed which, with which you can develop, a, develop business and service customers and make presentations and communicate back and forth is just phenomenal. And it's really what excites me. I love it. That just puts things in perspective. <laughs> I love that. That is that's such a great example. And, uh, and, and, Something that I think a lot of salespeople or whoever it is listening to this might not might not remember or, or might have not gone through, but uh, I love that example. David, <laughs> this has been a great chat. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. There's so much insights that you shared and really appreciate your time. You bet. Was, uh, enjoyed being here, enjoying getting to know you a little bit, Shaheen, and best of luck to you. Absolute pleasure. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Samito with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make this show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoyed the podcast, 
please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just interested in a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.